Hi, I'm Susan Moore, Community Engagement Manager with IIBA. And I'm Scott Bennett, Manager of Business Analysis with the International Institute of Business Analysis. And this is Business Analysis Live. We've got a great topic today. You know what? I, here's what I like about the title of today's talk. It is both uh, controversial and interesting. Um, so what is gap, is gap analysis useful? That's our topic for today. Yeah, and it's a, a bit of a tease. Um, when we talk about gap analysis, uh, let's just take a step back. Uh, a lot of what we do in our business and in business analysis is dealing with change. So um, if a business never needed to change, I'm not sure we would actually have that, uh, that much of work to do. Um, but there's a continual change, and that could be something that you know, is evolution over time, or it could be something that's rapidly changing in your industry that you really need to respond to. And gap analysis is something that we can use in a couple of different situations. So let's talk about that first. Um, but we are live. So if you have questions, please put your questions in the chat box and we will answer those as we go. The reason that we like to do these live is to take your questions. So please add them in there and our, uh, our social media expert Rosalind in the background will help us answer those questions. So Susan, when we talk about gap analysis, um, we were talking earlier about looking at a new system. Why don't you tell the audience about that type of scenario? You know, my background uh, was in software as a service, platform as a service. Uh, might have mentioned that back in the day I did um, mainframe implementations for insurance and, and finance institutions. Inevitably, you know, we're bringing in a new system. Inevitably, I would hear a well-meaning business or IT leader say, we don't really need to do any gap analysis. It's a new tool. Um, we can just start putting our business in there. And and it was a it was an honest it was an honest question and that's why i think today's topic is really a little bit controversial because it is new but anytime you want to do change anytime you want to implement a new tool there is still some level of analysis that you have to do because you are likely doing that business today you're just not doing it with a tool right. um, you may not have that tool so it may not be a, an analysis of comparing the tool to the new tool in fact, you may have already done that analysis when you even selected to purchase that tool. But what you, the, the analysis that you may be doing here is how are we doing business today? Is this the best way that we're doing business before we even start to put any of that in our new tool? So there may be some level of rationalization of the existing business, making it the best possible uh, line of business, way of doing business before you do that. And then certainly, once you know the way that you want to do business, there is still likely some kind of gap analysis that you're going to have to do in order to make those configurations or change those settings in your new system. So even though along the way, you're, you know, you're, you're doing new things, you're still using some level of gap analysis. Yeah. And when you're talking about that, Susan, about the changing your business and how you want to work, that's typically what we refer to as a future state, right? What I'm doing now isn't optimal, but I design a future state. And how do I get to that future state? Um, I do a lot of process diagrams. And as you know, working with me in, in our daily work, <laughs> um, I love doing swim lane diagrams because it's a great way to illustrate Who's doing what at what point? Um, I've gone through a couple of large initiatives 
where we didn't understand how the business worked. So we did a current state business flow. Um, and by doing that, you can really understand what you're dealing with, but it also opens up the opportunities to then analyze, you know, where are the, the inefficiencies, where are the waste, um, where are the things that you can really cut out to improve your business. And by doing that, you can then build a future state. And if you compare that current state to the future state, you get the gap analysis and what you need to get from one to the next. Um, so that's where I enjoy seeing and using gap analysis is working with stakeholders through process flows. Yeah, as you were describing that, I think about the equation that I use when I think about gap analysis. So it's future minus current equals gap. However, the gap might not be the requirement. In fact, it might just be the opportunity. If I think about a SWOT analysis or something, it could be the, the, you know, the strength, the weakness, the opportunity, or the threat. I still have to do something with that. And that something that I'm going to do with that gap requires additional analysis. I always quote my good friend, Yulia Kosarenko, because she, she talks about requirements not coming from the business. They come from business analysis. So once you know what that gap is, then you've actually got to further analyze that to determine how are we going to solve that problem. So, so gap analysis is, is really just a way that you can identify where you need to do that really deep, that deep dive analysis to identify your solution. It's a, it's a method to your, yeah. to your end state. Yeah. Yeah. And part of what I get excited about in business analysis is around responding to that change and understanding the change. You know, over the last year, I've really gotten a lot into data analytics. And it's interesting when you look at data in different ways, how you can get some realizations. Um, I use uh, a lot of Google or uh, YouTube analytics that I can see insights that tell me where things are successful and where things are failing. And those insights allow me to look at those things and respond to that change. So um, there's, there's a lot of things that can really get us thinking about how to do things different in the future. You know, I, I liked, you know, maybe that can be another way that we can think about gap because I sometimes think gap is just such a, it's a, it can be an abstract word. I like that idea of insights. So an insight is a kind of a gap that you might have, right? You, you alone may not be able to act on that insight. That insight is simply a statement of some kind of a fact. You've got to take that and figure out how can I do something with that? Um, in order to make, you know, make my broadcast better, make my YouTube video better, you know, whatever it is. So, so don't get hung up that the gap is the thing that, that is the solution. It's really the beginning <laughs> of the solution. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Hey, we've, we've already got a couple of questions. Yeah, that's good to see. That is good to see. So people, people probably are thinking this, the same thing, gap analysis, is it useful? Here's the first one. Is there an alternative of a gap analysis tool? So that's an interesting question. Hmm. Um, I would think of gap analysis really as a, as a technique. Um, is there an alternative? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure, what do you think? Um, I, I don't think there's a direct alternative to a gap analysis tool. It, it's very specific of you've got two states and you're comparing the difference between mm -hmm. them. But what you mentioned earlier, Susan, I think is another applicable technique, um, and that is a SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's another way to look at a position of where you are, where the pressures are, 
um, in your business and what you're working on. Um, there is one more. Um, oh, the name escapes me right now. And we're live, so I can't flub this one. Um, <laughs> I've got the Babot guide if we need if we need to go to the source. So let me add this because I'm, some of you may know, I am getting ready to take my CBAP certification coming up in September. So I am going through this. I've got lots of flags and highlighting in my book. So when, when we talk about gap analysis, it is not in itself a technique. So if you look in the strategy analysis part of the Babbock guide, that's where, um, that's where the tasks that are within it really define what gap analysis is. So it talks about doing your current state analysis and then your future state analysis and then assessing risk. Um, so, so, but there are lots of tools that you can use in order to, to perform that. So Scott, your go-to tool to help you do that is a process flow. Um, SWOT analysis is something that I've used in the past. All of these are different ways that you can visualize a current and a future and start to plot out where are the gaps. Yeah, I, I've, I've been looking through my Babock here and um, it's business model canvas. Oh, if you've okay. never heard of this, maybe we should do a topic on this. But if okay. you've never heard of this, a really good tool to understand the importance of the business and really peel back uh, layers of the onion, if you will, to figure out what is the core, what is the core of the business. Um, and that can really help when you're looking at responding to change and, and maybe what's changed in your business and the environment but what's really critical for your success. Right. I'm also putting that on my study list, business, business model canvas. So that, that would be a good topic yeah. uh, coming up. Alrighty. So next question, how to avoid a gap in your requirement analysis as most of us facing this issue after the product delivery. Oh, this is interesting. So, uh, so, so doing gap analysis on our own requirements analysis, Sometimes those are called bugs. I'll just put that out there um, because something that we delivered, in fact, we, we missed the requirement or we didn't get it quite right. Um, you know, I, I think what, I don't know. I, I'm going to let you answer. Okay, good. So avoiding a gap in your requirements. Um, requirements are really critical to communicate well. So you can do all the work you want with some stakeholders and you can document those requirements. But what I found over my career is one great way to validate those requirements is to do a structured walkthrough. Um, it can be a little bit painful, but there's a purpose in it. And a structured walkthrough is pulling those stakeholders into the room and providing them with your documentation beforehand and saying the expectation is that you've read this and you come into the room with your questions. Might sound a little rigid, but there's a purpose behind it. So you pull those stakeholders in the room and say, we're gonna go through this section by section to make sure we don't have any questions, some misunderstanding. So you can say section one, we're going through this. What questions do you have? Um, if you've got, I, I've literally done this with 20 stakeholders in a room and it's, the reason it's such a powerful tool is you might get one or few, two people saying, well, I don't understand this, or I think we forgot about this. Um, it's really that final review as your quality check. Um, so if you've never tried this before, I suggest trying it. Um, so structured walkthrough is, is the method, um, but it's a great way to shore up those gaps and make sure you don't have anything missing. When I think about other techniques that you can use, um, I always, I always go to more, 
visual means as a way to help people engage with that so that you can get the very best input onto those requirements so that you so that you don't miss something. And I, I think about a project that I did it was largely decision based. Um, it was about deciding deductibles the closer you get to the coast. And there's a lot of decisions that go into that. And so the go-to way, and it was big because we were doing the whole Eastern seaboard from Maine to Florida. So lots of, lots of different ways, lots of different deductibles. And the way that we decided would ensure that we could, um, we could identify any problems in our requirements early was we created a gigantic decision tree. We, and we printed it out on a plotter we had the tallest guy in the office um, tape it to the wall. He was six foot eight. Um, and then we gave our stakeholders pens and we said, now go through this and mark up where we didn't get something right. So I think visual methods a lot of times can help to identify any gaps in your requirements earlier. But structured walkthroughs also, I think when you get people into the room and you start talking, I also think about prototyping if that's something that you can do mm -hmm. where you can get people to engage with it. So um, but I think it is, uh, yeah, I, I do think it's uh, avoiding gaps in your requirement analysis. If you can do that before delivery, it sure will save you a lot of time and a lot of headaches. Um, the next question we have here, is insight a gap? Now, I'm gonna say this. So I, I think there's lots of ways that we can define gap, but my guess is this person is asking themselves, well, isn't gap, doesn't that mean something is missing? And I would say maybe not. Um, certainly that's the common definition of gap is that it is, you know, like it's some valley in between two peaks. But I would say that it could be um, just some kind of learning that doesn't meet your business need. Yeah. It, it could also be an opportunity that you have that maybe you didn't realize. So I do think insight is a gap. What do you think? Insight is a gap. Um when I was sort of thinking about that question, it was slightly different, mm -hmm. but I was thinking more of identifying a gap and do you need to address that gap? So I'm just going mm. to spin the question a little bit. Okay. Um, you might identify that there's a gap in, in, in something you have an opportunity in your business, but that gap might not necessarily mean you should pursue it. So there might be an opportunity in the marketplace, but if you pursue every single opportunity without evaluating it, um, you could be pursuing things that are not profitable. Um, so you might identify a gap, but then you need to understand, is that something you really want to do or not want to do? That's it, it right. Your organization's strengths. Yeah, it, and I, I think that that begs the question, is every gap something you need to do something about? Maybe not. And that's where that, you know, when we think about assessing the risk and we think about prioritizing it, you know, I think sometimes... Uh, uh, organizations can chase down things that aren't really meaningful. So you've got to have some way of evaluating that once you've identified those gaps, so what? You need to have a way of evaluating those to determine if it is something that you want to do anything about, because you could certainly churn on, on every single gap and go do something about it. But if it's ultimately not going to lead you to an outcome that you are seeking, it's not going to be very meaningful. So I it's a great question, a simple question. All righty. Can gap analysis be used to determine or recommend next steps or actions for a missing requirement? Um, and I think so. So again, I'm, I'm going to interpret this one as gap analysis of our requirements analysis. 
this one to me feels a little bit like, um, you know, the kind of analysis that we might do if we were trying to evaluate a, a bug or a problem with a system. So, by the way, my dog sees something out the window today. So she's over here. I'm afraid she's going to bark. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to hand this over to you while I while I get her to stop. Yeah, no problem. Um, so can gap analysis be used to determine or recommend a next step action for a missing requirement? Um, I feel like that's a root cause analysis kind of a question. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the right method for what you're looking mm. for. Yeah. Um, so you might identify there's a gap, but then you need to explore that. And there are different ways that you can do that um, to understand what's there and, and how to best use it for your organization. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the Babak guide here for a second. And I, I, I feel like this question could be answered under the solution evaluation uh, knowledge area. That's really what this one feels like. Um, we, we have yeah. Or go ahead. I was going to say, while Susan's doing that, looking in the Babok, e each of us have the guide that, that we look at. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'll show it here so you can see it. Um, we do have um, four members, something called Knowledge Hub, and all of this material is in Knowledge Hub, so you can find it online. Um, we're just finding it easier multitasking while we're live talking to you to flip through the paper base that's in front of us rather than use another computer screen to try and look something up. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. We're trying to do this live. Um, yeah, so I, I'm looking at the task in this area. So measure solution performance, and that could include it's not performing as we thought. Analyze performance measures, assess solution limitations. Oops, I missed a requirement. Um, and then we take a look at um, action. So I'm at 8.5 now. Recommend actions to increase solution value. So there could be some root cause analysis in there. There could be um, discussion of, is it a problem that we need to solve? Do we need to solve it now? How do we need to solve it? Um, you know, so I, I, maybe that's, that's the, the answer for that question. Yeah. Let's see. All right. I, I'm going to, you know, this is great. I have stirred up some controversy, by the way, by saying that that insight could be a form of a gap, apparently. All right. So uh, what Rosalind is telling me is a lot of people are saying they don't see gap analysis as an insight. Yeah, no, gap analysis is not the insight. Um, the, the gap could be that you have got some kind of an insight, some kind of a fact, some kind of a something that comes out of gap analysis. Um, it could be an insight. It could be something that you need to do. But I, I, my, my sense is that a lot of people think gaps mean something is missing. And I don't think that is always the outcome of future minus current state. Yep. So, yep. all righty. Um, so let's see. How about, I'm going to take this next short question as well. How can you apply gap analysis during the discovery phase? Oh, I like this one um, because, you know, I gave the example of when I was working with um, uh, software as a service platform. And what we would do up front in that, there's really a couple of ways that you can think about this. So you might have gap analysis if you are making a decision to build or buy a system. 
And so you might you might uh, assess the, the current state of, of things. You, you might also not be looking deeply into the software solutions, but you might also be just looking at your own business landscape. What are the market trends? What are our competitors doing? What kind of regulations do we have in our current state? Um, and then where do we want to go as a business? And then identifying what are the ways that we could solve that? And again, the ways that we could solve that might not mean we need to go buy a new tool. It could be we need to respond to market forces by changing our pricing structure, by you know, a, a being more consistent in our processes or applying the rules and regulations better. So I think that there's a lot of ways that you can do that up in the discovery um, part of your project. What, what do you think about what do you think about that question? Yeah, I think there are a couple of examples that would work well there. So, for example, if you were looking at what your competitors were doing versus you, you know, what are they doing? What are we not doing? You know, there'd be a gap there that you might need to close. It could also be some customer analysis. You know, what are the customer trends? What are the customers looking for? If you can identify those things that are really important to the customer, then you can do a gap analysis of, well, what products do we have that would satisfy that need? And, and where are we really lacking? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, gap, we, we often, I think business analysis professionals, because we tend to get um, deployed on software projects, we tend to think more, um, more tactically about gap analysis. But when you're doing, when you're doing that gap analysis, and listen, I think it's very telling that the concept of gap analysis is in strategy analysis. It's in that knowledge area in the Babbock guide, in that tells me that gap analysis is deployed anytime that you are trying to think about where you want to go as an organization. I think that fits very squarely on the business side. It can help with your business planning. It can help with uh, your strategy building. So thinking about where you want to go in five years, right? When you think about strategy, you don't just want to think about, hey, what do we want to do in five years? You still have to think about what are we doing now <laughs> in, in order to get there because you can't have a radical shift. You've got to have something, you've You've got to have a, a way to get there so that uh, it makes sense and you're not kind of, um, you know, feeling around for it. Uh, I, I have been looking at this other one. We have a really long question in, in front of us. So I've been trying to look at that and see if there's a way I can distill this one down. Here's kind of what I've got. Um, so the question is on this that um, this person was looking at a future state tool, I think is what they were looking at. Um, and as they were looking at the, the feasibility of this new thing, they were realizing that in fact, it's really not gonna get the organization where it wants to go. Um, so how can we handle where there is a new version that really doesn't have the functionality compared to what they're currently using, but, but the customer still wants to go ahead <laughs> Hey, that's that. I feel like that's the life of every consultant. But you know that in the future, it's just not going to do what they want it to do. How do you communicate that to them? Oh boy! So this is really kind of a question, Scott, about change leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a tough one because it sounds like they're far down the path, and and I've seen this happen before. And I'll give you a, a scenario: um, a group of business people go to a trade show. They see a piece of software and think, oh, wow, that's so much better than what we have because they're looking at the bells and the whistles. Mm -hmm. So they bring that, that 
company in and they do a presentation and think, yeah, let's, let's move forward with this. What they failed to do is understand what are the requirements and how do they evaluate that whole software solution against the requirements? So in this particular case, it sounds like someone might've been sold on the bells and whistles, um, <laughs> but really didn't look at the base functionality that their organization needs. So this is a tough position. Um, it does take a bit of courage to have this type of conversation and, and you have to understand the uh, culture in your organization to do this well. Um, if it is a very open culture, people open conversations, um, certainly bring it forward in terms of, you know what, we might be going down a path we shouldn't. Um, if it's a very hierar hierarchical uh, type of um, culture in the organization, you'll probably need to take it to your leader and their leader to raise the concern that say, you know what, I, this is my observation, this is a concern I have, and really get the management to have these discussions. Um, so it's a tough position to be in. And I now understand why that question was so long. Um, try to describe this yeah. scenario. So I, I yeah. hope it's helpful. I think about, um, first of all, we have got, we did a, a, a business analysis live on something like this, uh, communicating with leadership, uh, which is now a podcast, I might add. So you can find that we can talk more about that podcast, maybe at the end of this, but you can listen to that. Um, it's tough when you are in that position of being a business analysis professional, depending on, on the role that you're playing, whether you're more leadership or whether you're one of the folks uh, that, that is implementing the solution. Regardless of where you are, I always think when you've got to deliver news like this, your project is not going to deliver the outcomes you want. First of all, you, you really do need to, um, to get that escalated as soon as possible. But yeah. bring in your allies um, because it's, it's, it is not going to be helpful for you to go into the sponsor with all of your slide decks and models and all of that stuff and, and tell them what you need to do is build your allies along the way uh, so that they can help to communicate and help you craft that message so that it gets across. Because it really is at that level when you are talking about potentially stopping a pro pro uh, project or changing the direction there could be real money involved. And, um, and, and so there's a, there's risk there. So that's what I suggest. So find our podcast. That one is on there. Um, so there you go. More questions. Lots of great questions today. How I often. Uh, another sure. question. Um, yeah. I thought I'd just raise that we've got um, a fundraiser going on tomorrow. Um, a special uh, webinar tomorrow. I'm just going to share my screen here. And Susan, I think you know a little bit more about this than I do. So let me just share the screen. Yeah, so while you're pulling that up, so tomorrow we're doing a, a fundraiser that, um, that benefits Ukraine, but we are, we are tackling a topic that's really related to what we're talking about today. So tomorrow we're gonna be talking about responding to change. This is a panel discussion. We've got some great speakers. They are um, board of directors. Um, uh, current and past, and um, and we're going to be answering your some questions, and then I'm sure we'll be taking some questions throughout. Change leadership is is tough, and that's really where uh, where this group is going to answer your questions on uh, change leadership. Did you want to add anything? Um, so Rosalind, I've asked you to put the link in here so you see that in the chat as you come through, so you can link to that. Um, if 
not, you can also go to iiba.org, go to our upcoming webinars and see that. So the, the fundraising goal here, as you said, is to raise some funds uh, for this country that's been so impacted. So I hope you can join us. We've got two sessions. You can see it there on that image. So tomorrow, 12 o'clock Eastern. And then again, we're going to have a repeat uh, tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. And, um, and hopefully we'll get, uh, you know, enough international um, what we can have folks all over the world join us for this really great webinar. Okay, let's, uh, let's tackle that next topic. So next question that we've got here, how often do you need to do a gap analysis? My two cents, whenever you're going to change something. Yeah, that's a tough question. So mm -hmm. there are so many tools that a business analysis professional can have in their virtual toolbox. Um, gap analysis is one of probably 40 to 50 that you can have. Um, it really takes experience to figure out when's the right time to pull it out. Um, and a lot of this can come out in your business analysis planning efforts, but sometimes you're partway through something and realize, oh, it would be really helpful if I did this. Um, so I think that it's hard to answer that one because you really need to understand the context as to where you are in planning and analysis um, to be able to do that. So that, I think to answer that one, it requires judgment of the professional to decide when that's appropriate. You can overutilize a technique. Um, I, as I said, I love to do swimline diagrams. Um, I might overutilize that, um, but the key is that you're getting the result that you need for the stakeholders to make sure you have clear communication so that everybody's sure of what's what changes coming ahead and how that's going to happen. I wonder if some of the confusion is that maybe some folks think about gap analysis as a phase, you know, as some broader activity. Because uh, I, I don't necessarily think of it as its its own phase. It, it's just, you know, I could do gap analysis on, um, you know, things in my own personal life. And I don't think of it as a phase of how I'm developing personally, but certainly, you know, as I'm thinking about like my getting my CBAP um, certification, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, where do I want to go with my career? And I, and so, you know, I think about the things that I'm doing now and I think, well, you know, what are the opportunities for me? Yeah. Uh, getting a certification is not necessarily the gap. The gap may be, well, I would, you know, I would like to uh, be acknowledged for the business analysis knowledge that I have. How can I do that? Well, there's lots of ways I could do that. Certification is simply one way. Uh, the gap is I, I, I want to be, you know, I want to know that I know what I know. Uh, I could certainly write articles. I could just do more studying. That could be the outcome of that gap. So, so gap analysis in and of itself is not the activity. It's, um, it's just a, a thing that you're doing when you think about the change you want to make. Let's see here. Um, let's, the current discussion is about uh, cross-market gaps, but what about the gap between the solution and the requirements? And that was sort of what I was describing in that software as a service example. So we had identified uh, the, the, in that insurance policy system, we had identified, okay, these are the requirements. These are the things that we need to put into the system. And then we discovered, oops, um, it, it won't support that. And um, so how, how would you answer that one? 
Yeah, there's a couple of different ways I would answer this one. So the gap between the solution and the requirements uh, could be you're shopping for a new solution. And in that case, you're evaluating a solution, right? So you've, you've got your requirements, you've got a couple of different systems. You need to go through and score those in a weighted way. Um, so I wouldn't really call that a gap analysis. Um, it's, it's another analysis technique. Mm -hmm. um, it's evaluating that solution. Um, another thing I look at too is the gap between the solution and the requirements could be in the testing phase of what you're going through, right? So you've got, this is my requirement. What are those testing scenarios you're going through and what gaps are you identifying that we've got some misses and failures, um, that type of thing. So um, just generically not using gap analysis as the technique, just what are the gaps between these things? Those are a couple different ways that I can see um, assessing the solution versus the requirements. Yeah, and I think it's really at that point, it's about coming up with the alternatives. When you, um, when you know what you want to build in the system and the system doesn't do it, then what you've got to do is you've got to do, you know, uh, whether it's a business case, whether it is identifying a list of the possible solutions, and then, um, you know, identifying pros, cons, cost, all of that kind of stuff, and then, and then, and then selecting it. So there's always analysis. You know, I'm, I'm also wondering, so we're, we're talking about gap analysis as a thing, but then there's just like, analysis. And I don't think those are two separate things. Gap analysis is analysis. It's, <laughs> So maybe that's where that's where we're getting maybe some of these questions from. I don't know. And, and when you get to the end of a project, so for example, I was uh, a lead BA on a project that impacted a hundred systems, um, and they were all integrated, and it was about a ten million dollar project. We were at the tail end of that project, going through the testing, and we realized that there were a couple of, I guess, gaps is what you can call them. Um, and that's where you get into a really tough situation where you're up against a deliverable that's going to hit the marketplace. So you've got time there, but you also have to address, well, how are we going to deal with this stuff? And unfortunately, my experience is a lot of the time that falls on the operations folks that, you know, we don't have a system solution for this. We can't get in in time. Therefore, somebody is going to have to do something to um, close that gap until we can get to fixing it. Um, uh, I remember sitting in a stakeholder meeting at close to the end of this project and uh, the customer service VP wanted to pull the plug uh, and just stop the project and say, hey, we got to delay this. Other VPs were, no, this is key for sales, all that type of stuff. Um, it, it can get really tense at that point. Um, but when you've got that gap, you need to find the solution, whether it's a manual operational fix or a quick tweak on a system, if you can pull that off without risking the whole deliverable. Um, it can be a tough situation. All right. We've really, we've really asked a controversial uh, question with this, is gap analysis useful? <laughs> this is a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, and see. I'll mention too, for those of you that are listening live, you get to see the benefit and ask the questions. <laughs> if you're listening to a recording of this, we do have a podcast. Um, we've also got a mailbox where you can ask questions to us and we'll add that to our backlog of potential topics we're adding. Um, Susan, we've got our podcast on a number of different platforms, right? Oh, do we? Uh, so we are on Spotify, Google, Apple and Amazon slash Audible. So just look for Business Analysis Live. At this point, I think we've got about 16 or 17 podcasts. We take these LinkedIn Live uh, broadcasts and, we, um, and we, we make them podcast. And if you've missed any, 
it's a great way for you to, to be able to listen in. And also, you can earn some um, CDUs. And I, we, haven't, uh, we haven't talked about that a lot, but um, I think you can get half of a CDU for each one of those. Um, right. That would go under professional development. So, you know, uh, I know we get that question every once in a while. Do you want to take maybe one more question? Sure, that sounds good. All right, so one more question. Um, what, I'm actually gonna take this next one. Which is the best phase where we, we can or we should do gap analysis? And best phase. So when I think of a, of a project life cycle, anywhere where you are, again, anywhere where you need to make a change, whether it's upfront, when you are thinking about things like strategy or you're thinking about planning, think about this. You want to go somewhere. So you've got to know where you want to get to. You've got to know where you are. And in the middle of that is what you've got to do in order to take some kind of an action. Uh, that's it. That, that's really it. And so gap, again, gap analysis itself is not a technique. You won't find that in the Babak guide. Um, it, it's really, as, as it's described in strategy analysis, it's four tasks. You know, define your current or assess your current, define your future, assess your risk. And then the fourth one, I'm still studying for the CBAP. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, so whenever you need to do that, whenever you need to look forward in order to set some kind of a goal to get there, that's when you've got to do it. So again, I, I don't think you'll be defining on, you know, on some kind of a work plan. I'm doing gap analysis here. I think that is just a natural part of what you do as, as analysis. Yeah, I would say it's going to be on the front end of an initiative that you're working on. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Not the middle, not the back end. It's, it's going to be on that front end. Um, because it's a tool to pull out information, to discover information, to um, really understand your stakeholders and get closer to defining what your solution needs to be, whether it's technology, whether it's process, whether it's people. Um, you know, a lot of what we talk about is technology related, but solutions are not always technology solutions. Um, so mm -hmm. um, I would suggest probably the the first third or first quarter of a project or initiative you're working through or a sprint, um, that's where you'd be using it. Under strategy analysis, analyze current state, define future state, assess risk, define your change strategy. So it is, it is really a change management activity that you wanna do. And I agree with you, before you start deciding how you're gonna change a process, or I'm sorry, before you start implementing changes to anything, the first thing that you've got to do is figure out, well, what are the gaps? What are the things that we need to do in order what, what, to know what changes we should even make? So, and that can be done at any phase of project lifecycle, software development lifecycle, et cetera, et cetera. Ooh, this was a tough one today. It really was. great questions. Yeah. Really good questions. If you have questions for us offline, you can reach us at live at IIBA.org. Send us an email. And you can also record a voice message for us, right? That's right. So I believe it is 
anchor.fm. I don't know if Rosalind has our uh, Anchor page. Anchor is our podcast platform, but that's where you can leave us a voice message. And if you ask us a question there, we can add it into one of our recordings and we can also address it here. So we are in the podcast realm and, um, you know, hopefully you guys will, will check that out. So let's talk about maybe what we've got coming up in two weeks. Oh, gosh, two weeks is going to be uh, August, unbelievably. So this next one, I think, is going to be another another controversial one. Do I need a business analysis certification to get a job? I know that we get that question here um, every once in a while. So we're going to talk about that because uh, we, we want to answer your questions. Yeah, I, I think we're probably going to get a ton of questions on that one. So uh, we'll have to work hard to get through them all as, as people are sending them across to us. Hey, and if you if you want to give us some seed questions for that live at IIBA.org, and maybe we'll come with a couple of audience questions to get started. That would be great. Good idea. Yeah. Thanks you for joining us today. And we look forward to talking with you soon. This is the end of our live session, but if you've got questions, you can send us an email at live at IIBA.org or leave us a voice message and we'll answer your question at one of our upcoming broadcasts. Join us.